Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a better time to find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app and place a $10 Moneyline wager on any NBA playoff game. If either team hits a three-pointer in the game, you'll win $200 in free bets. Just use code CAPITAL200 when you make your first bet. Sign up now and discover BetMGM's daily promotions, boosted odds specials, and more. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use code CAPITAL200 to win $200 in free bets if either team hits a three in any NBA playoff game. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Is it acceptable to go to Mickey D's just for a drink? <laughs> of course it is. But good luck leaving with just a drink. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink. And right now, a small Minute Maid slushy is just $1.59. So all you have to do is choose a flavor, like the tropical mango or strawberry watermelon, and enjoy like it's meant to be enjoyed. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, everybody, and welcome to a fabulous quarantined edition of Corner to Corner Wrestling Radio. C2C Radio Show.com is where we're at. And of course, here in just a few moments, we will be live on BeyondRingside.com, ProWrestlingRadio.net. Uh, and of course, you can find us at Sprinker.com and, gosh, any, uh, any and all podcast places in between. Tune in, Spotify. Apple iTunes, all that mess. We're live 
everywhere. It's good to see and hear from everyone and even see all the tweets and the Facebook messages. Hope everybody is doing well. Of course, I am Stan Grubb, your host for the evening. I'll be joined here in just a few moments by Fast Eddie Lane, the Motor City Machine Gun. Nope, that's Motor City. Magic City, Motor Mouth. Sorry, you see, that just had an Achampkin moment. Damn. Here I am solo as uh, Rob and Brian are, I guess they're just tied up with other things. I've not heard from them actually all day today. Um, Hopefully you guys are good. If you're listening and you're within the sound of my voice, uh, feel free to pop on in, gentlemen. I uh, just noticed the time and made sure everything was up and moving. So, hey, we're live. I'm here. We're ready to talk about, that's right, professional wrestling. The WWE has been in upheaval, and WWE fans have been in upheaval as well because there have been releases. And when I say releases, we're not talking about like four or five. We're not talking about two or three. We're talking about over 30. Let that sink into your head for a second. I want you to just take a minute, close your eyes, and think about this. Over 30 performers, backstage talent, backstage producers, writers, and other miscellaneous on-air talent now out of work. Now, this doesn't mean that these people are completely without hope. Let's not for a second delude ourselves and say that any of these talented men and women would be lost and broke and living on the side of the road. Uh, But it's still a serious matter. And we're definitely going to spend a lot of time talking about this because, frankly, there are a lot of notable names here that have been let go. Some, I would say, was expected simply because of the fact that the rumors had been that they were unhappy. Others, um, completely unexpected. And we're going to go all the way through it. We'll go down the list. We'll talk about who's been let go so far, talk about a little bit about their reactions and how they've been responding to the news, um, you know, folks like Shane Helms have been, I would consider his responses to be humble and grateful for the opportunity and also understanding of the fact that this is a business world and he understands this was a business decision. Now, before we go too far into that, there's going to be people, there's going to be fans that say, um, you know, this didn't have to happen. And I can't deny it. I would say I'm inclined to agree with you. And here's the reason why. When you have a multi-billion, that's billion with a capital B, billion-dollar company publicly traded on the U.S. stock exchange, the New York Stock Exchange, and you're even rumoring to, to break over $500 million in potential profit and cash liquidity, you have to consider that maybe, Possibly, folks, this could have been avoided. Could have been that the WWE could have avoided all of this craziness. And we're going to bring them in. We're going to bring in, you hear the tones? The melodic dial has hit. Fast Eddie Lane is joining us. Mr. Lane, how are you? Wonderfully well. Do me a favor. I need to flip a couple of things over real quick. I forgot that you said you were going to be live already. So I'm actually, we're live on the Beyond Ringside Radio Network. I've just got to get the as aired version up and going in three, two, one, and the party continues. We are live right now on Beyond Ringside Wrestling Radio. That's beyondringside.com. We are also live on c2cradioshow.com, prowrestlingradio.net, and all points in between. 
Corner to Corner Wrestling Radio, myself, Stan Grubb, and of course, the Magic City Motormouth. See, earlier, Eddie, you missed it. I had a champion moment, and I said the Magic City Motormouth. Or something <laughs> like that. Motor, I don't know. I botched it completely. But what I was talking about here as we got started was, of course, the news. The elephant. The huge, gigantic, 30-plus ton elephant in the room, and that is indeed WWE's releases over this past week. Um, haven't gotten into the names yet, just been kind of given the overview. I did happen to say Shane Helms because I was kind of alluding to the feedback and the responses from some of the personnel that was released. And then, of course, also some of the responses as far as did WWE have to do what they've been doing? And that is the releases, the cutting back, because there was a financial statement released by WWE only 24 hours before the releases took place in lieu of COVID-19. It may have actually been less than 24 hours, but now that I think about it, the the statement was basically regarding the financial stability of World Wrestling Entertainment, stating they would have a half a billion, that's $500 million in cash holdings, both liquid and debt capacity. Now, for those of you that are not in the business world, I completely understand if this seems like, well, that's $500 million cash. Let me explain. $500 million in debt capacity and liquid assets, frankly, means this. A percentage of what they have available to them is in cash assets. That means they can either immediately write a check, go to the bank, or quite frankly, sell something immediately. Then debt capacity would mean that these are loans or lines of credit that they have available to them that have already been approved into amounts up to the dollar limit they're speaking of. That's where that comes from. Quite frankly, when you look at the releases over this past week, Eddie, I got to ask, what was your initial reaction when you saw the list? And, and this list grew rapidly. But when you started seeing these releases, what, what were you thinking? Um, I thought it was first off, I thought it was early because we all know um, longtime listeners to the Beyond Ringside family of shows know that I normally call this PMS, the post mania slaughter. Mm-hmm. Um. The politically correct term is roster cuts. However, um, number one, these are normally about two to three weeks later than where we are right now in the timeline for WrestleMania. Um, when I saw the initial, um, when eight different people were sending me different names, I'm going, holy hell. Um, it's just the whole situation. I have to simply sit back and say that it's been just jaw dropping with a lot of the names that, okay, there were some names that I've been waiting to see if they would finally get their release. And I think this whole pinball started bouncing around with the release of, um, the revival or the artist now formerly known as the revival. That's right. The rumor now is that Dax Harwood and cash Wheeler will be known as the revolt. That is the rumored tag team name. That's right. Uh, Dash Wilder is now to be known as uh, – <laughs> is it Dash Cash. Wheeler? Cash Wheeler. Cash Wheeler. Sorry, I'm getting used to the names though. And, of course, of course, uh, Scott Dawson now being known as uh, Dax Harwood, which is actually – Harwood, I believe, is his real last name. Is that correct? Or is that his middle name? I know it's actually – one of those is actually part of his real name. Um, but, yeah, I mean the, the – the release of the revival was 
Not a surprise, though. I think everybody kind of saw that and said, oh, well, finally. <laughs> you know, the FTR used to be F the Revival, not Free the Revival, not Fire the Revival. It used to be F, like, you know, the the, the sexual reference. But it the slang term, became... The slang, the slang term for coitus. Right, exactly, for, for you know, intercourse. But it actually would change over a period of time where it ultimately became a question of free the revival because the revival was notably irritated unhappy and wanting to make a change and i don't blame them after seeing some of the images of their potential gimmick change or repackaging eddie did you happen to see the images of the revival being remade You're talking about the comedy act yeah yeah the no. comedy tag team where they're basically dressed like are these ribbon dancers? I don't understand. Yeah. After what they did to Primo and Epico, I kind of lost a lot of faith in WWE's creative when it comes to packaging tag teams. Yeah, I mean the Matadors, they were they were something. No, the the uh the Puerto Rican Board of Tourism. Now that I liked. The, the that was okay with me. I mean, yes, it was a little corny, a little campy, but I was okay with that. The the Matadors crap where they wore the masks. And they had El Torito with them. Worked out pretty well for Tito Santana, though. Well, no, not really. <laughs> not really. <laughs> when you think about it, that, that dirt, that, that horse is in the dirt at least 12 feet under. <laughs> Hopefully. They would have had new music, new gear, and the images here, the best way I can describe it is hip-hop with clown references. Oh, goody. The next generation of Doink and Dink. Pink and Stink. Wait, that's not the right reference. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Wrestling has... Uh... Eddie, would you agree wrestling has been just thrown on its ear? I mean, this week has been crazy. Wrestling's been definitely thrown on its ear this week. Oh, God, yeah. Um, Top security. So here's the thing. You got a guy on Twitter who is doing a tremendous job reporting the news, and I got to hand it to him because he is even-handed. Um, he has reported the facts. He has respected WWE's wishes and holding off on reporting names simply because he wants them to be able to break the news first, and that's a respect respectful thing from an actual journalist, not Brad Shepard with Ringside News, who couldn't tell his head from a hole in the ground. This is a guy who actually you can trust. And this is um, Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful.com, who has done a tremendous job all week long. And quite frankly, he's been doing a great job for over a year as far as reporting the wrestling news. But in the light of all of this, all of these releases, and we'll break down the names here in just a few moments, I wanted to really pay particular attention to how great of a job this guy did. Because in a time where everybody was speculating, he was like, look, I'm not here to take sides. I'm not here to make fun. However, this is what's going on. And he did eventually put in some of his own editorial, which I have to say I respect. I don't necessarily agree, but at least it was done in a way where I could say, hey, I don't agree with you, but I respect the hell out of your opinion. And likewise, I mean, he was always very cordial with me. Of course, on Twitter is what we're talking about. Um but his basic statements was this could have possibly been avoided. We talked about it just a few minutes ago, talking about the 
half a billion dollars that WWE had really to play with. Eddie, could this have been avoided in your opinion? No. Um, the roster cuts do come every year after Mania. Mm -hmm. The reason why they are so prevalent in our line of sight right now is because of the situation with COVID-19, the coronavirus. If this were a traditional year, the, the majority of the releases would be buried on page six. But because we live in a culture, the new culture, with the fallout from the coronavirus, so many stores closing, companies going out of business, people being furloughed, fired, cut, laid off, and it, this gets stacked onto the top of the deck. A multi-million dollar corporation such as WWE, last year, most of these cuts would have gone onto the radar. This year, page one. Well, and, and there's a lot of focus to that. And, and Eddie is absolutely right. He's talking about the releases that are basically done every year. I mean, we're talking since back to about 92. Um, and Almost this is not even not even like releases in small form. I mean, there was one year where Owen Hart was actually released and then rehired about six months later after WrestleMania, after he had had a tag team championship uh, defense with Yokozuna. He yep. had been fired before Superstars tapings had even started after WrestleMania and then rehired because, frankly, they realized they had made a mistake. Doesn't happen often, but when they do, they do tend to try their best. In this situation, though, Eddie, you're absolutely right. I mean, these releases aren't new, but in this capacity and this magnitude, um, what many people have called Black Wednesday, I have a hard time disagreeing. Well, the thing that makes it stand out that much more, and people have to remember, in-ring talent can come and go to a great degree. If you are a person that has not made a major name for yourself after signing with WWE in any capacity, whether it be Raw, SmackDown, NXT, they will release you to go out and make a name for yourself to justify them bringing you back or to justify that the original intent for your first hiring was real. With the factor in place of the producers, coaches, writers being furloughed or released, depending on who it was, that added a whole new dimension to the ball game because I don't care what year it is, 2017 or 1992, producers being released was not front page. Correct. Um, um, coaches, directors, blah, blah, announcers. They get, they get released all the time, and it's never front-page news, regardless of what your favorite site is. It's an in-passing. It doesn't make that block of the top eight stories at the top. It's going to be factored into the big list that you have to search through. So once again, it all happened on Black Wednesday, if you want to call it that. I call it PMS, the post-mania slaughter. And this year was just bigger than ever. Now, for the situation with the finances involved, there is a certain amount of what is known as liquidity 
to a company's value. Because of the fact that WWE is a publicly traded company, that liquidity is in variable levels or various, not in has variable levels. If they were still a privately owned company with a $500 million cash asset sheet, most people would be sitting back going, uh, yeah, but you still have to make these cuts. You've got talent that has not lived up to its potential. You have talent that you can no longer afford. You have talent that you may have signed too soon. And in this particular, I'll give you the perfect example of somebody who finally was released. Zack Ryder. I am, before anybody jumps up and down, I like Zack Ryder. He is good in ring. He's charismatic. He's articulate. He knows how to cut a promo. He knows how to get himself over, much less a match. But with the exception of the mania win for the IC belt and the start of the teaming up with John Cena, which I thought was horribly outed, horribly wrapped up. They haven't really done anything with Zach, but he has a cult following and a groundswell of fans. that's not afraid to make noise at the drop of a hat. This man deserved an opportunity. I mean, yes, he was making money at WWE, but he deserved an opportunity to genuinely let that star shine the way a lot of us felt it could have. Money is a beautiful thing, and I will never downplay that. But by the same token, when you can make money and step into your potential, that's even better. Stan? Yeah, I mean, when you look at Zack Ryder, he's a perfect example of somebody that WWE just dropped the ball on in a major, major way. Um, There's going to be a lot of people on this list that we'll run down here in just a moment. But Zack was – look at what he did with true Long Island stories, you know, and I and um, <laughs> who was it? Long Island Ice Z, I think is what he called himself. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy who started off as an everyday nobody, like that nobody really knew, wasn't really getting behind. Then he gets his own repackage after being an edge, an edge head, one of the majors, one of the major brothers, um, to being Zack Ryder on WWE ECW, and. People start getting behind it because it's just different. And I got to say, it was. It was a little bit of uh, uh, Jersey, Jersey Shore. Shore. It had a little bit of uh, kind of the, the gym rat vibe to it. I mean, it was different. It was okay. Situation. It, right. The situation. Exactly. Thank you for uh, reminding me. I, I forgot about that guy. Um, <laughs> but when you look at it, the, the guy was – he was entertaining. Now, did it always work for him? Of course not. He, he flopped a few times, but it wasn't like he wasn't trying. And WWE, at that point, saw potential. Now, he makes his move to the main roster, to SmackDown or to Raw. Of course, UCW later closes shop. And now you've got a question of, hmm, what could this guy really do? But he doesn't really go too far. He goes and bounces up and down on the mid-card, U.S. title, intercontinental, tag titles. Teams up with Mojo, Rowley, and NXT. I mean, these are the spotlights that kind of happen for him. Now, along the way, he has uh, a highlight storyline that Eddie just talked about with he and John Cena. 
which he's absolutely right, could have been turned into so much more, especially at the time that that time of year was an up and down year for John Cena as far as his character was concerned because he was struggling to come to grips with the fans love him or hate him. And it was a great story. I mean, it really told a different version of who John Cena was. And gosh, Zack Ryder, was he, could he have been any more popular than he was at that point? Um, yeah, he could still get even more popular. He was incredibly over, but this was one of those cases where he could have, <laughs> he, he could have, okay. He could have easily passed Cena. And at I that think, point in time, yeah. Yeah. And I think that that insecurity that, you know, that was brought out during the Firefly Funhouse that Cena had. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, you can, you and I can run side by side, but I'll still bury you. Right. And he did. And Stole that's the, the thing. You wonder if maybe that was what Cena was really about back then. It wouldn't surprise me. Look, okay. Bear with me, kids. He's going a little bit long form. Give me 90 seconds. In this world of professional wrestling that I have been a part of, and, okay, a part of since 84, around longer than that, there is a very, and it doesn't matter if it's on the local scene, mid-majors, or the nationally televised products, and I don't care what you hear, there is always competition, especially in the top tier. What can I do to shine brighter than everybody else? Or do I have to resort to cutting your throat and making you look bad? You think two guys are bad about doing this over the same girl? You think two girls are bad about doing this over the same guy? And yes, I'm using heterosexual references on this one. Thanks. (laughs) So guess what? If you don't think it happens in WWE at that top tier, Go back and read any of the top tiers contract, especially if they have favored nation status. Look it up. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one of those things where Cena was a commodity. It was a huge commodity at that time. So if he felt like his star that was still at that time on the rise with his matches and his fighting with, with The Rock, then you honestly could have looked at you know, what he did with Zack Ryder as, wow, maybe he is and maybe he isn't giving him a chance. But right now, it sure looks like he's not. Well, it's kind of like the the promo that Cena cut with Roman Reigns. You either step up or step aside. Right. And Ryder could actually step up. Now, there were times, depending on how healthy Zack was, whether that he would come across as one-dimensional in the ring. But when Zack Ryder was 100% and could go, he could go. And I think that's what intimidated a lot of people because this guy did a phenomenal job of getting himself over with the fans. And that's something that even the almighty Cena couldn't do. I felt like, I felt like at that time, you know, CM Punk was one of the few that saw the writing on the wall for some of these guys. He saw that unless, and it, was hardcore back then, and now it's even more, you know, you tiptoe on the line. He said, until Vince McMahon is dead, and even then it goes to his doofus son-in-law. That's his statement. That was his pipe bomb. The reality is, he may have been right. 
Now, I'm not saying that Triple H is a is a doofus. I don't really believe that. I think Triple H is a damn genius, really. Well, but I think that he might be right when it comes to some of those talent. I mean, Evan Bourne was gone, what, six months after that picture of them all holding the belts? And how long was it? The, um, how long was that pipe bomb? Or excuse me. In what timeline was that pipe bomb in comparison to NXT? Uh, NXT, the, the reality show of NXT started in 2010. Okay. So, and the NXT product that we've come to know, love, and talk about relentlessly started when? Uh, 13 into 14, because FCW was going on at the time. But And for those who were worried, Doofus' son-in-law was the backbone of NXT. As we know it. So right. he, in my book, proved CM Punk wrong. Well, Sorry. that's the thing. No, no, I think that, I think you're absolutely right on that. I think that Punk was right to the extent that until Vince is dead, you're not going to see a, a theoretical change, an actual belief system change in that company. Any kind of paradigm shift isn't happening until Vince is out, completely out. Doesn't mean they necessarily have to die, but until he's completely out, put it that way, there's just not going to be a change. And and that's just it's evident in the in the list that we're looking at here. So let's go ahead and start running down now. In this list, um, I'm going to read off. There is NXT talent. Some of these names make perfect sense. A couple of them, I I kept the dates that they were signed because I wanted to discuss a point that was brought up uh, by Sean. Uh, Sean Ross Sapp. It's a long name. I'm trying to remember how to pronounce it. <laughs> At least it's all one syllable, right? Well, it's no longer than James Vanderbeek. <laughs> Damn him. Damn you, Vanderbeek. Okay, so let's take a look here. So, a gentleman by the name of Rocky, NXT wrestler, signed in. This is crazy. 2016. He was signed in 2016. And he was let go in 2020. Four years. Have you ever heard of this guy? Who? Exactly. Rocky is his name. Not even a last name. No. Rocky. Got no earthly idea who the hell this guy is. Muhammad Fahim. This one was signed from the uh, Saudi Arabian tryouts. And ultimately was signed in 2018, January of 18. Let go two years later. Did you ever see this guy on TV? Absolutely freaking not. And it gets no. better. Marcos Gomez. No idea. Fazal Curdy. No idea. Hussein Algarve. And I do. Hussein Hassan Aldegal. No idea. Edgar Lopez. No idea. Tino Sabatelli. Let's okay. Stop for a second. That one's on my list. Okay, go ahead. Sabatelli was not a surprise. He's a guy that was on their show Breaking Ground. But how long had he been on the roster? How long had he been in developmental? 2016. Cesar Banani. Now, Cesar, if I recall, he had been on television a little bit. Not a lot, but a few times. Mars Wang, no idea. This one came as a shock to me simply because I thought that some of the more well-known stars of NXT would be safe. Tanara Conti. What? Why? But again, 
May Young Classic was in what year? 2018, correct? I think so, oh, yeah. Cat. cat is knocking stuff over. Get down from there. This is where I lose my stuff. Get down. Let's do Pussycat. Whoa, 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 whoa. If you chew on that pen and you get ink in your mouth, I'm just letting you know it's on you. Peter can call me and I'm going to tell him it's on you. Just letting you know. All right, here's some more names from NXT. Nick Camorado. Nick Agarelli is what he was known as, apparently on television. Alyssa Marino. Right. Dan Matha. Now, here's a story. Dan Matha apparently had been in a car accident. Yep. Previous to finding out about his release. What a crappy day for him. That sucks. MJ Jenkins and another surprise, Deanna Peraza, who had just debuted on Monday Night Raw only two weeks ago. Yeah, I, I love the fact that she actually made the main roster product. I just didn't like the way it was done. I mean, I feel like she was um, much like uh, Chelsea Green. I think that she has potential to do a lot of great things as she continues oh, God, to yeah. grow as a performer. Um, actually, Chelsea Green, the 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 threshold of success for Chelsea Green hasn't been scratched yet. That's the crazy part. And during an impact is a huge star. Stan, during Beyond Ringside Live just a little while ago on this Sunday night, and once again, it is April 19th, 2020, um, we actually did the Where Will They Land game. And where do you think uh, Peraza would land? Impact. I said Ring of Honor. I don't feel like Ring of Honor has enough confidence in their women's product right now, especially after the controversy with uh, Kelly Klein. I still feel like they're reeling. I, I feel like Impact would be a more likely landing spot because I don't know that AEW has her on their radar either. True. But then again, I could be completely wrong about that. All of these people could end up all sorts of places. Sabatelli, frankly, unless he hits the Indies, I think he'll retire. He gave it a great run. I don't give him any disrespect in this, but I just don't see anywhere else he could go. Now, he can completely surprise me. When Drew McIntyre got released and he was hurt and in three-man band, you, if you'd have told me that Drew Galloway was going to be a huge star, I'd have probably shook my head at you and laughed. Not because he wasn't good, but what did we ever see of him? Now, you could say that that's Vince's fault. I'll give you that, and I'll shake your hand and say you're probably right. However... I, I just didn't see it at the time. So Tino Sabatelli could definitely surprise us. Um, and then, of course, Alexander Jackson was in a storyline with Chelsea Green as well. Um, let him go. They didn't really do much with this guy. And I want to say he was signed in 18. So those are the NXT releases as far as talent on the roster. Now, before we get to the main roster releases, I wanted to talk about something that's been brought up, and I have to say I'm concerned because this could be legitimately true. Now, hopefully WWE's learned their lesson from this, but there's a strong statement being made by multiple uh, reporters, wrestlers, fans, everyone, pretty much, and a lot of them, saying that uh, WWE had been hoarding talent. Oh, God, Yes. Well, here's the thing. Nobody put a gun to Tino Sabatelli's head and said, hey, sign this contract. Now, granted, there's the people that are saying that they ha they were hoarding talent are correct in regards of, hey, they offered them more money than they had ever seen. 
you know, their wishes were coming true, blah, blah, blah. And I'm with you. I even agree on that. Okay. Let me ask you a question. If you're doing, let's do a very loose comparison. Okay. In reverse. Um, okay. I'll give you this one. Remember PW 24 seven. <laughs> Do I? <laughs> okay. Don't throw up on air, please. That was a tough yeah. project. <laughs> I tried to help Nick. That's all I can say. Um, if you're doing a show over there two hours and you're maybe making 25 a week and then here comes beyond ringside offering you 50 a week, but you're only going to do two shows a month. What are you going to take? To me, from that aspect, just from the potential, and, and a lot of you folks right now are listening going, huh? Some of this is inside baseball, so we'll try to pr- parallel this as, like saying it this way, uh, and then I'll answer the question. Um, imagine you're in Boom Studios' office, writing or making your own comic book, and you've got an offer from Marvel or DC, and they say, hey! We'll let you write one issue every quarter. And Eddie's number, you can even multiply that out and say 25K versus 50K, right? Right. So to that answer, I would have to say I understand those that signed for the 50. I do. I just, I I think, and it, it really gets into my head that you can say hoarding talent. And now, of course, after the fact, we can all say that. But at the time, do you blame them? You have AEW knocking on your door and previous to COVID-19 kicking you in the junk weekly. Granted, we're not talking about Monday Night Wars kicking you in the junk. At least this time you got a cup. You've learned some lessons. If you get kicked in the junk enough, it starts to hurt cup or no cup. But yeah, I hear you. I mean, it's... You got to keep your bench strength strong. Um... My problem is these guys that were on the bench, especially Rocky, you signed in 2016. Who the hell are these people? Like maybe in their previous, you know, in their previous roles, whether it was pro sports, entertainment, or indie wrestling, which some of these came from, maybe they were hot stuff. I don't know. I got no idea because I never heard these names before. Outside of uh, Tanera Conti, and even that, Tanera Conti, I hadn't heard her name until just before the May Young Classic. But, is it acceptable to go to Mickey D's just for a drink? <laughs> of course it is. But good luck leaving with just a drink. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink. And right now, a small Minute Maid slushie is just $1.59. So all you have to do is choose a flavor, like the tropical mango or strawberry watermelon, and enjoy like it's meant to be enjoyed. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Hey, sis, are you FaceTiming me from HomeSense again? Saving money? That's my jam. 
What do we think? Outdoor dining set or wicker lounge set? Since your signature dish is a margarita, go with lounge. Okay, I am so ready for this party. It's been too long. Wait, go back. Show me those pretty ceramic plates. They're melamine. Even you can't break them. Look, these cute cushions match my shirt. Is that my shirt? Outfit your outdoors. Have it today at HomeSense. Standout pieces. Outstanding prices. That happened. But yes, WWE is very guilty of trying to hoard talent. The fact of the matter stands. Old school rule of thumb, keep your friends close, your enemies closer. But in the pro wrestling world, if you don't have somebody under contract, they're automatically your enemy because they have a chance to go to work for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Now, logistically speaking, there were people released, once again, as I stated earlier, and I, I stated on Beyond Ringside Live, there were some that I saw coming. There were some that I saw that should have been five years ago or three years ago. With all due respect, I harbor no resentment for anybody making a check. Hell yes, I'd love to make that kind of money. Anybody in their right mind would love to make Fed money. As in WWE kids. Mm -hmm. But the fact of the matter stands. I'm going to utilize a phrase made famous by Eric Bischoff. As it pertains to the way Vince was handling the emergence of AEW, knowing the factor that it had Tony Khan's money behind it. In the words of Eric Bischoff, Vince was selling like a bitch. Vince always had a rule that has been made very famous over the years. The enemy doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. We don't talk about him. We don't acknowledge him. Right. Vince acknowledged AEW from square one. Now, if it had just been Cody, the Bucks, KO, Adam Page, KO, Kenny Omega. Thank you. Um, oh, the other KO. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, that guy. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Um, if it had just been them with an indie budget or percent, with all due respect, court, sorry, or an MLW budget. Vince wouldn't give two rats asses, much less half a rat's ass. But when Tony Khan was brought into the equation, a person who has more money and liquid assets than Vince does, Vince went, oh, bleep. And it's like, go ahead. I would say this. Here's the thing. You're 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 bringing out a tremendous point, and Vince definitely was like freaking out. But here's the other statement, and I saw this on Facebook in a and I'll, it's my own fault because I'm stupid enough to be part of some of these groups. It was in an all elite wrestling fan group, and someone makes the idiotic statement of this would never happen in AEW. What and a I bet. laughed. I laughed until I felt like I was gonna pee my pants. Let me bring you up to speed on something there. For those of you that have never touched a business in your life, it only takes one NFL season being canceled, which we may see that this year, for every NFL owner to go, oh, shit. Because guess what? That's a lot of money they lose in in memorabilia. That's 10 figures. Yes. You don't have a concept in your brain. Eddie does. But those that feel that it would never happen in AEW, you have no concept in your mind whatsoever 
of just how easy it is right now for this to not only happen to AEW, but to shut that ish down. And let, let me, me tell you why. Because it's the Khan family and they own the Jacksonville Jaguars. And? Uh, what else do they own? <laughs> a metric they fecal. They own a lot. What's that? A metric fecal ton of stuff. Right. But here's the thing. The Jacksonville Jaguars haven't turned a profit in over a decade. A profit now. It doesn't mean they're not making any money, but a profit as a team and organization. Close the season out. Close the season out, and the cons are just like Vinnie Mac. Uh Uh-oh, what do we do? Because everything you have right now is tied up into, I think, it's all tied up into the hopes that the NFL comes back this fall. There's no promises right now that that's going to happen. Although there's there's a pretty good vibe right now that says that probably by the fall we'll be good to go. I want everybody to think about something for a second. One of the biggest problems that we've had right now with this whole situation well, I thought Tony Khan had all this money. I thought AEW had all this backing. I thought Vince had all this money in WWE with having um, hand over fifth. Okay, those deals with Fox and Saudi Arabia only go so far, and that $50 million signing bonus for, AE, uh, for uh, NXT, once again, gone in the blink of an eye if you're not careful. If, if, and let's use a level playing field for this amount of money. If you have Raw going to Legacy Arena in Birmingham, Alabama, that is 17,000 people approximate. For a loose L-O-O-S-E number, I'm going to say $35 a ticket. That in itself is a gross before expenses $595,000. Pay for the venue, pay for the insurance, pay the athletic commission, the mafia at the athletic commission. And, you know, various other sundries, including tech, set up, tear down, everything else in play, whether you're in a union city or not. If you're talking, let's say, uh, I'm going to divide that by. Point two five. Okay, should have gone the other way. <laughs> <laughs> but if you lose twenty five percent of that five hundred ninety five thousand right off the bat, so you're going to have around four hundred fifty thousand to play with. Don't forget, I'm not even talking merch. Or if you get a cut of the concessions, right? But you don't. Not at the E level. They don't even think about concessions. Merch is a different animal. You've lost that money. That's money you can't get back. So if they were to clear $450,000 on that one outing, you lose that money, it's gone. You're doing 300 shows a year? How many Raws and Smackdowns and house shows have we lost because of COVID-19? Oh, man. Over the course of the last few weeks. How many millions of dollars has WWE lost? Because remember, at the house shows, at the live events, 
They are known for turning high five, low six figures in, in, in merchandise sales. So if they're losing a hundred thousand dollars or even $75,000 for every missed live event, once again, why do you think that they were, I'm giving those deep dish discounts on .com right now? Because they are not getting that other money in. So from that vantage point, if you're having to continue to pay this many people on the roster as he holds his hands out wingspan saying this many, but not going to have the money coming in other than television revenue and website merchandise sales, you're screwed. You have to make these budget cuts. I don't know of anyone in their right mind who runs a business, who owns a business, who manages a business. I don't know of any person in their right mind who wakes up going, how much money can I lose today? If that's the first thing that pops in your head, walk away from the crack pipe, please. Because anybody with an IQ above dried wallpaper paste who knows anything about business, you wake up and go, how much money can I make today? That is the million-dollar question. I mean, right now, we are in the middle of an unprecedented time in just world history. You know, you're not going to make or find anything that compares to this time frame that we're in right now. And we are currently looking at, you know, a pre- and a post-COVID kind of timeline. That's just where we are. Let's bring him in. Rob Hefner joining us. Rob, welcome back, sir. My tag partner. Two thirds of C2C now into his house. What happened? How you doing, man? I am all right. I am all right. I just sitting here in La La Land and was like, oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> well, I figured, and, and I, I figured, just like I told you, I figured you were just tied up. You know, it, it happens. We all have stuff happening outside of here. It's not like our little show here is paying you. Stan. Stan, the truth be told, Rob would have been here sooner, but she forgot where she put the handcuff key. Ooh. I mean, that's where he does it. It's personal time. I don't even know. Hey. <laughs> hey. He will not confirm nor deny. <laughs> hey, I was once given a talk to kids, and this little kid looked at my handcuffs and said, hey, my mom has a pair, but hers are furry. Boom! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rob, of course, we are talking about, you know, the news that has been the talk of the week. Probably it's going to be the talk of the month until something else big breaks loose. And that's, of course, WWE's releases. Over 30 personnel from on-air talent to backstage producers released from their duties, either released or furloughed. And here you are. It's... It's COVID-19. WWE, let them go. What do you think? I mean, I do think it's a PR media nightmare when um, you let people go one day and then you tell everybody you have this financial reserve the next day. Um, But in this day and time we're in, I mean, a lot of people are losing their jobs, um, and and not to not to belittle, but you know, make light of this or anything. But the WWE has done this in the past. 
You know, in the past, they've done many times these masks. Like, you know what? It's like somebody walks in the, the writer's room and says, all right, who aren't you using? <laughs> and they're like, these guys. <laughs> yeah. You know? And they're like, well, all right, we need to make uh, we need to make some cuts. And so, like, if you saw the ones they cut or, like, some of them, you're like, oh, wow, they're still working there. Yeah. You know? Um, the one that made through the cuts that I was surprised was Lana. Honestly, I was like, wait a minute. The only reason she got it is because she was there with Lashley going, ah, you know? But, um, I think it, the timing should have been different in my opinion. Um, it also kind of feels like, um, but to Eddie's point, you know, nobody goes into business saying, all right, how can I lose money? Nobody goes into business going, all right, you know, I want to be a more times than not, the WWE is more understanding and taking care of their people than people will ever realize. MC Hammer. You know, like the WWE will take care of their people and it's things like this that get the press of like, hey, they're firing all these people. But, you know, and it's just, I don't know what to think. I think it's it's crappy timing. But it's one of those things that we're we're in a we're in a very like you said, Stan, we're in a very unpredicted society, unpredicted thing that can going on. And if you're looking down the road, who knows? I mean, look, I saw the report the other day that they may have to cancel WrestleMania 37 already or move it because apparently the the, the city of Los Angeles isn't approving any permits for a year. A year out or whatever. Now, granted. Hey, yeah. Hey, Rob. Yeah. Um, I'd made the statement before um, before you came in that this happens every year, normally four to five weeks after WrestleMania. Now, correct me if you think I'm wrong. If we were not living in this current, um, the Rona, the, the Rona culture. The Rona. Nobody would have cared. <laughs> this would this, be. Nobody would have cared. Everybody would have said, oh, you know what? That sucks for them. That's good for all the other guys because now these people can go. Right. This would be page six. But because we are in the Rona culture right now, it's page one. Right. And I think people are more paying attention to it. But when you look at the ones who, you know, every year there's kind of ones that they're like, oh, wow. Like people are like, oh, wow, they got rid of East." Like, but I'm like, have they used him? You know? Well, and that's that's the question of a lot, a lot of these releases. These people that were sitting on the roster, like, dude, let me do some work. Let me get in the ring. Like, some of them have been on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, hello, we work here. Like, they've literally been tweeting these things for, I mean, probably up to a year. Especially well, with EC3. Think, uh, well, and I think they, they become victim to what the WWE has done. Is the WWE, for years, has gone around and gotten all this talent because they don't want everybody else to have them. And then they realize, okay, well, shit, now we don't have nothing to do with them. Right, right. and you hear him. He's chewing the mic. Let's bring him in. Now we are full strong, three-on-three, three, 
three sides of this coin have now arrived. Brian Taylor. What's up, Brian? No, no. No, no. Y'all keep going. Apparently, y'all can do this without me. I'll just listen and, you know, make noises. <laughs> Loud noises? Okay, if I, send you, if I send you up Taco Bell, can you make better noises? I can make a lot of noises. You'll know I'm here, but I won't be here. <laughs> I don't really know what other noises he's going to make. Isn't that what she said? Every <laughs> once in a while, you might hear like a... <clears throat> Is that like a no, like a uh, uh, back away kind of thing? <laughs> so, Brian, so Brian, you, you've heard it. We're talking about the the thirty plus ton elephant in the room. The WWE releases that happened this week. I've been saying it since we started here. You know, it's probably going to be the news of the month until something else bigger pops out. Um, Eddie has stated that it's basically in the, um, it's in the, hey, this is post-WrestleMania, this is releases that probably would have taken place, maybe not in this magnitude, but probably would have taken place, and just like Rob indicated, they would have just said, yep, sucks for them, but at least they got someplace else to go. I'm kind of in between, like you and I have talked about earlier, we talked about with with the folks in the corner to corner chat. Yeah, I kind of wonder if they could have held off on some of these releases because the money they just put out there, definitely not a good look. Not a good look to flaunt $500 million and then go, but we're letting you go. Have a great, have a great look. Well, I mean, that's like, that's like your boss saying you can't have a raise and then all of a sudden they got, you know, a brand new car and went on a cruise. You know, like. Right, right. I mean. I mean, we'll see what happens after this debacle they call money in the bank. Like, it's just, that's just such a weird idea. That's just, and that's a whole other topic to talk about. But. Okay, we definitely will. Brian, your initial thoughts on the release. We've covered the list of NXT talent, and I wanted to mention one to you because I figured you would have a thought here. One of these folks was signed in 2016. A gentleman by the name of Rocky. I don't know who he is. I'm pretty sure you don't know who he is. Rob, do you know who he is? No. Not my idea. Not Johnson. I got no idea. Brian, when you think about it in the grand scheme of things, we talked about it in the chat. WWE hoarding talent, and I think a lot of people would agree. Your thoughts on the releases and, of course, the hoarding of talent. So, has anybody stated it is just a dick move? <laughs> No, actually, we hadn't. We hadn't gone that direction At Dunkin', we're getting ready for sunnier days with our Sunrise Batch Iced Coffee. A bright and balanced iced coffee with notes of cocoa, tangy sweetness, and toasted nuts. Made to brighten every day a little more. Soak in the sunshine a little more. And fill every moment with a little more, more. Because we aren't just chasing sunsets anymore. We're counting sunrises, too. Do more with Dunkin' Sunrise Batch Iced Coffee. Brewed for brighter days. Enjoy a medium for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. My thoughts, all right? I agree with Eddie, partially, that some of these people were going to be let go anyway. Right? That's There's normally some bloodletting after WrestleMania, you know, and there and there will be more bloodletting somewhere throughout the year. All right? I mean, it's it happened. It does happen 
we bring in all this talent so they can't go other places and by God, we overfill our coffers and we don't know what to do with them. So let's just cut them loose. Right. Yes. However, some of them make no sense. The OC, they were just re-signed last year. And bragged about it. Yeah, to five-year deals. I think it was supposedly very wealthy five-year deals. You know, because by God, we got to compete with AEW. They're they're handing out Garrett. You know, these these deals that rival theirs. Uh, however, when you try and use COVID nineteen as the reason for the bloodletting, that's a dick move. I I, I think a lot of them were going to be released anyway. Right. Uh, some of them were already on the way out, and they weren't released. They were not re-signing contracts, mm-hmm. as in the revival. They were already gone. They shouldn't have been lumped in with the, with the the bloodletting group. But when you hold talent like EC3 and Eric Young and Mike Canellis, Rusev, and some of these other people that you know, have asked for to be released and you just wouldn't do it. Right. That's a dick move. Add to that, add to that dick move that they threw time at the end of their contract, which we already know legally they're allowed to do, but it's kind of a dick move to throw time at the end of their contract. That they can throw. They're already yeah. unhappy. You know, they're unhappy, but it, you know what? Stand- You're out six months. I'm going to throw six months. To the Stan, actually that's in most of the agreements if they're out for an extended period of time due to injury, they uh, WWE, uh, Titan Sport, whatever, retains the right to extend by the amount of time that they are out in order to achieve a balance for the original time signed for. Sure, but in, in, for me though, if you, you know, listen, this is not a furlough. This is nothing more than you're fired. When you fire these people, that contract should become null and void. They should have the right to go seek employment, especially in today's society that we're living through right now, that COVID has hit this billion-dollar company so hard, we have to let go of 100-plus people. Well, yeah. some companies have closed altogether. Now, sure, sure, but they're not the ones sitting on $500 million. They're not the ones that even with no... No shows, no live shows, no arena shows right. still ha- have the ability to make over a hundred million dollars. A hundred million dollars. How much is the Fox deal worth per year to SmackDown? Oh, that uh, five years with a billion dollars. So $200 million yeah. a year, technically speaking. Right. Then you've got to deal with USA Network with this uh, for the three-hour Raw, which is worth how much? Uh, with USA, I have no idea the specs on the USA deal. That's an NBC I, Universal deal. And if I remember correctly, the NBC Universal deal with NXT was a fifty million dollar cut I mean, deal. So from that, sure. band, and now you also do still have some corporate sponsors that are staying in place. But the one I wanted to hit on um, Brian with for a hot second. There are companies that are using 
okay, I can't say using that COVID-19, the coronavirus, the Rona culture has been the straw that broke the camel's back because one of my favorite restaurants, and I'm sure a lot of people were hit by this one. The parent company of Logan's Roadhouse was already in financial trouble. And then when this hit and the restrictions being put in place about eating in the restaurant, that's gone. They just decided, okay, Logan's is done. Gold's Gym, a company that was relatively solvent in a lot of markets, has officially closed. And Gold's has been a superpower for how many years? Sure. However, though, we're not talking them. We're talking the WWE, who's sitting on half a billion dollars, publicly stated we have a half a billion dollars, $500 million in their coffers. Okay. Now, you know, a quick, put out the a date, statement. What was the date on that COVID-19 statement? That was the it same was date. At the end of March. It was like the end of March. So a few days Okay, really so it was there. before the bloodletting. Yeah. You knew you had it. By not going to arenas around the country, you're not putting up the lighting. You're not paying those people. You're not running the trucks. You're not burning the gas. You're not playing for airplane tickets. Your overhead is starting to shrink some because you're just not simply paying for it. And to top it off, somehow or another, they have become an essential company in Florida. Not just them. Well, A&E's not essential, is it? Yes. Okay. The way that, and this has been one that I've been all over because I study this timeline. Because of the factor of the way it was worded by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, he did not mention WWE by name, but because WWE does a lot of their stuff right now in the Rona culture from the Performance Center, and they have that national following. It is sports and entertainment organizations that have a national following. So guess what? This means AEW can drop back down to Jacksonville and start going live all over again. Court Bowers MLW can start going again full steam. Empty arenas. Good. Em- okay. Have has AEW let go of anybody? I don't think they've been I don't personally, I don't know. Has I have New seen. Japan Pro Wrestling who suffered the same fate everybody else has, who 80% of their income is made up of live house, live shows. Of course. Arena shows. Have they let anybody go? To my knowledge, no. do not know. But we bloodlet 100-plus employees, and we use COVID-19 as a, as a, uh, a smoke and mirrors. And at this time last year, when they let 25 talents go, we didn't think anything of it because of the fact that we weren't in the middle of this page one pandemic. Sure. We, some of us understand this, but again, we're a hundred plus we're talking office workers. Now we're not just talking in-ring talent that, you know, is going to be let go. Eventually we're talking office workers. And those people. Right. That's my problem. And again, you use it for COVID-19. If they want you become essential. And listen, if it's not for the WWE, no sports is essential in Florida. 
And this well, also the makes other part, you the USC go down there. Well, here's the thing. Nope. You said DeSantis makes the announcement or the statement of who's essential. Well, is it, isn't it convenient that $18.5 million just suddenly find their way, you know, to support? Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, come on. It, and here, here's my other thing. They're money to make sure these things happen. I'll give Here's I'll my that. other thing, too. Here's my other thing. You let these people go, right? And in this trying time, right, because that's what everybody's touting, oh, is COVID-19, you are restricting them from finding work. Now, we all know that if they manage their money, they're okay for 90 days, right? Or they should be. Some longer, yeah. 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 I mean, the only ones that would bother me are Ryder and Hawkins because they like to go buy toys and they like to buy a lot of toys. <laughs> so the money may rich. run out a little bit faster, but <laughs> he's got Chelsea green. The, she's still working. Yeah. I go. think even Thank they're you, safe, but I, I you should have done the right thing and fired them and said, your contracts are taken care of. Go find employment. Some See, of these okay people you've dicked around for years like EC3 and Eric Young, and now you're dicking them even more. So EC3 was signed, what, in late 17? Yeah. Doesn't touch a title or a main run in NXT. Right, simply because, yeah, but the problem is Vince supposedly doesn't like him from the start. Right. So why hire him? Exactly. Right. Why even hire him? if not to prevent him from working somewhere else. But where? Because in 17, where would he have gone? There was nobody. could have gone New Japan. Ring of Honor. You could have gone back to Impact. You could have Ring of Honor. Uh, I'll give you Impact or Ring of Honor, but New Japan certainly wasn't biting into anything WWE. Uh, Yeah, but we don't know that. We we can't say that. New Japan loves to bring American wrestlers over there and make them stars. Sure. Juice Robinson. Who would have saw that one coming? Yeah, Jay. that was that blindsided me. Jay White, another good example. <laughs> yeah, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, not, yeah. to, not to take any talent away from them, any, anything away from them. No, but we but have never seen here, anything that would indicate it would be like that. Right. Over here, they probably get swallowed up because a lot of companies over here don't allow people to grow. They like to put a thumb on them. And you need to go my direction with your character or not at all. Yeah. And that's the problem with the WWE, right? They don't allow these people to grow. They leave. Look what happens. So I mean, even Drew and, and gender, they leave. And now that they come back and they're champions. But see, in that case, and I'm still not a big gender supporter, but you have to, it's a testament to their hard work. Like you actually get to see the men behind the character. Like Drew sure. Galloway, like, and I said this earlier, Drew Galloway, when he was cut back in, what was it, 13? Uh, Come on, we had no idea he was going to be that big of a star. No, right, we had no but however, however, Vince said his first time out, the future of the company, right? Whatever he called sure. it. Sure, sure. Yeah, and from the- then, Vince handled him every step of the way, and when he was no longer any good to Vince, look what Vince does to him. Puts him in 3 MB. Right? He leaves, gets more freedom to do what he needs to do, and he comes back, and now he's world champion. 
And none of none of us would have seen that when he left. I think most of us probably hated him. Not in that, not like him personally, but the character. You're talking about oh, good riddance. Do what? Gender or Drew? Drew. Well, even uh, gender. I mean, either one of them. It was good riddance to to both of them. Right. Actually, a lot of people started dislikes, uh, disliking Drew McIntyre during his first run when Matt Hardy made the comment that Drew is nothing more than a reckless bastard. Oh, but yeah, but for me, time, though. At that I, time, Drew McIntyre was undisciplined. Yeah. For me, I started disliking him when you could tell what Vince was doing. Vince was trying to push him, much like he does other oh, people. <laughs> Like Roman Reigns, who apparently now you can no longer say his name on TV. The greatest of all time, Roman Reigns. Say it right. <laughs> no, you can't. We we're. Say I don't it. even know if we're allowed to say his name anymore. Gosh, we're have to go. I'm gonna cease and desist again. <laughs> <laughs> but I get but it. I, so I don't mind the bloodletting. I really right. don't because it, it's gonna happen. But don't disguise it as something else, and don't. You have to stop screwing these people over. What this should be is a lesson for everybody out there. Stop going to the WWE. Let oh, them grow their own wrestlers happen? and watch what happens. The company will start to implode. I think Vince is way past where he needs to be. And this is a prime example of it. I think that's what? wishful thinking. I'm not saying it's impossible because we've clearly seen that WWE has been forced into a very, I say we got to call it a tight corner, right? But I think it's unlikely that they implode. Now, does it mean that they're not going to have to learn some real hard lessons from what they're doing right now? Hey, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. Eddie, remind me who earlier you said is, is out of here. Gold's Gym? Yep. So, again, Sears and Roebuck, Kmart, uh, Walmart was closed. Gold's right. Gym, Best Buy is talking about closing all the doors. GameStop is closing. Anybody can fall. That's what we have to wrap our head around. Mismanagement is mismanagement. As long as they have money in the coffers, they're okay. It's but not as that money starts to dry up, they're going to implode. It's not always mismanagement. Sometimes the competition gets the best of you. It's like right now, Amazon's kicking everybody square in the crotch. Sure, but I, I, I don't. The WWE ha really has no competition. Well, hey, I mean, I, it's wishful thinking that AEW can get close, but they I would really have, have never no competition. That to come out of your mouth. I know. I was like, it's, he fell in his head. He hit his head. No, I, they will. They will continue to spiral downward because I. I mean, think about the 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 XFL. Now we find out that WWE had part ownership. Yeah. Now, well, now, now it's a big surprise. Does that mean they? Were they not allowed to have it? Did they? <laughs> you you yeah. see what I'm saying? So here's, here's I mean, a great point, Brian, and I'll, and I'll give this back over to you in a sec. So you mentioned um, the XFL, and you mentioned how it was hidden, hidden, that they owned 25%. We're not talking like 2%, a small silent partnership, 25%. There was just a lawsuit that was dismissed that was called frivolous by uh, two investment firms and another stock group that was actually a fire department that sued WWE for hiding this because they knew that WWE had ownership. 
tell me that judge right now isn't like, oh, shit. Like, you're in big trouble. Did you say 25%? 25% ownership. It's okay, so they're not majority stockholders, majority owners. No, no, but they completely denied ownership of any type. Vince went out there and created Alpha Entertainment and stated on multiple calls that this was a completely separate product, that WWE had absolutely nothing to do with it. And that's WWE Inc. That's the publicly traded WWE product. So in and of itself, he's lying to his investors. I think what you're going to see is hopefully, you know, all of us wrestling fans is hopeful, wishful thinking is that this kind of stuff will hopefully wake up the eyes of the shareholders, the board of directors. But, you know, I mean, the way I read the article, it was kind of like it was a surprise to the shareholders as well that they were 25% owner of the XFL, you know? Right. And so even though Vince liquidated stock, in WWE to buy, to start Alpha Entertainment, you know, he still right. owns like a hundred percent of certain stock of the WWE. You know what that game plan was, gentlemen? WWE was a silent partner in this until Alpha Entertainment could legitimately grow its own legs and walk under its own power, and the television revenue and the gate revenue was built up enough to the point where WWE could actually sell off the assets that it held in the XFL, and it would be genuinely a separate entity. Until that point in time, Vince wasn't able to do certain things, therefore he used his interest in WWE to the way I understand it, it wasn't the corporate overall corporate entity of WWE that was involved. It was his interest in the WWE masked as WWE that was involved. I think that there's a lot of weight on the statement that there's a lawsuit out there saying you just hid all of this information from us, and oh, now we find out XFL closes shop. And hey, for the record, XFL closing down sucks because their was good. It was well. I mean, football. I was surprised that they closed down, but I guess I, they didn't. They hadn't built enough up in their half a season or five games or whatever. Right. To sustain a closure of because they did say when they first closed, they did say every player and every employee will be paid for the season, their yeah. salary for the season. And then to declare bankruptcy and then close down, it was like, wait a minute. That was just odd. I thought they were going to. Which, again, would probably come down to Vince McMahon. I thought XFL was kind of Vince's exit strategy. That's how I looked at it. I felt like Vince, for whatever reason, not sure where it came from, had some kind of a passion for football and was like, you know what? If I'm going to be done, then let me have a product I can dive into. That's what I thought it was at that point. But clearly it wasn't. And I, and I truly think that that was what it was intended for until all this crap and it had to stop. Vince was going to use that as his, you know what, hey, I'm going to go over here or – it was a way to get some McMahon out of WWE, mm-hmm. be it Vince, Shane, you know. Well, Linda hadn't been in WWE for years. 
still a shareholder. Well, of course he's a shareholder. I mean, wouldn't you be a shareholder? Yeah, I mean, that way you can double dip them shares. You you get your shares, I get my shares, we all, we you know. Well, I mean, if you look money. on the books, you know, officially Stephanie McMahon doesn't get a pay, she doesn't get payroll. She gets paid, <laughs> she gets paid by the stock dividends, which they're required by law to pay the dividends. Uh, you know, again, though, I'm just, it's a, I mean, I think it's time that the board of directors got rid of them. I really do. And honestly, and I put all three you to a task and you can take a week to do it. If you go back all the way back to the early eighties. On one side of the paper, you write down his hits, and on the other side, you write down his misses or dick moves. Gobbledygooker. Well, hold on. <laughs> and you can have more hits than misses. If you can have more hits than 10% misses, right? You hear me? More hits, more things he's got right than 10% he's got wrong. You let me know, and well, we'll debate it. I have one that I want to throw at you, and I have to do this on the law of averages rather than cut and dried, because the hits that he has had have been through-the-roof hits. Sure. Example, Hulk Hogan. Example, sure. Stone Cold Steve Austin. To a point, Austin didn't. Austin is not giving Vince credit for starting Austin. Yeah, but that doesn't Remember? matter because Vince that makes was the money. No, no, that's the feud, though. If Austin doesn't utter Austin 316, right. you don't have Austin. Austin but, utters that because he, he in his brain, you have the feud, you, you don't have the feud without Austin uttering that. Now, Triple I'll H. give you Austin and, and, and McMahon the feud, but I won't give you Austin. I'll give you Austin. Uh, I have to offer up Austin because all of the merchandise sales. John I mean, I Cena. I can see that, putting the machine and in the, Cena. Yeah. And then we go from there. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Okay. Remember, Rock almost never existed because Rocky Maivia was such a flaming sure. failure that they all him. Go write them down. And if you, his hits can hit 10% of his misses, you let me know. Okay. Was Austin 316 t-shirt sales a bigger a bigger success than Mae Young giving birth to Anne was a flop? Was it, a, was it a greater success? Was Austin 316 t-shirt sales a greater success than Mae Young giving birth to a hand was a flop? Okay, you should you should go track down how many of those came from Austin. Vince didn't design all those T-shirts. Vince allowed Austin to do it, so you can't give Vince credit other than so to what, say go so do it. What's the end game? So what's the end game here? We make this list. What's the end game? Vince is not as smart as people give him credit for, and now you are seeing it more and more. Well, who cares? Because it's not going to change anything. Because he needs out of there. And if you keep him in there 
it's going to cost the WWE in the long run. Oh, it's already costing them big time. I guarantee you, when all these releases are done, there's going to be something big that happens with Vince. I could almost guarantee this would be the straw that breaks Cameron's back. I'll give you that because you can't do what he's done here, flaunt five hundred million. And I started the show with saying this, and it's a very big statement: five hundred million dollars in both asset liquidity and cash, and debt uh, debt availability doesn't equal I got five hundred million to spend. But what it does mean is that Vince said that, put it out there for public consumption, and then a week later, two weeks later, said, eh, you know, we're going to let some people go. Okay, do me a favor. One last thing on this one, then I'll back away from it. Where did Steve Austin have his greatest success? WCW, ECW. Yeah, but we're not debating he had success. No, no, no. I'm debating how much Vince had a hand in it. Vince owned the company, therefore Vince takes the majority of the credit, or at least fifty percent. No, he doesn't. He will because any- Vince quick. wants you He's to go out there and create a character to make him money. But you're not going to. Com- that's that's convincing. But he doesn't. He of signs off on everything, though. Yeah. Sure, but he also face. didn't give. Uh, how did Austin start? Ringmaster. Okay. Now this is stunning, Steve Austin, right from WCW. Right. Right? Even in WCW, he was one of the best in the world. Correct. On the mic and in the ring. Correct. Hollywood Blonde. In, in his little ECW stint, he was one of the best on the mic. Right? Okay. Yeah. I'll you, ever seen, hold on, you ever seen his promos in ECW? Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. So he comes to WWE. What's he do? Ringmaster. And who's he stick him with? Ted DiBiase. Did he need a mouthpiece? No. So how long does he languish as the ringmaster? What, eight months? If that. Eight it was months. A short time. Eight months. And in one short little, I don't few minute promo, Austin flips the entire wrestling world on his own. And he does it on his own. He'll even tell you, Vince didn't say to go out there and say this. He didn't run it by Vince. It just happened. But again, Vince was smart enough the next night when the signs popped up to say, hmm, interesting. Okay, and, and you're not wrong. Okay, no one's disagreeing with you. But here's the, the point. It's not going to change anything because of the fact that he was the man at the helm. He gets credited with the W. No, you give him credit. I don't give him credit for creating Austin. I give him credit for playing along. But I don't give him credit for starting Austin. Undertaker. What does it actually do at this point? It's, you have to realize it's time for him to go. Okay, then right? let me. Let me and let there's me. a track record you can create to get him out of there. The, the the pilot Scully. I don't even know who that is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> landed the thing in the Hudson. Landed the landed the plane in the Hudson. If that pilot had followed exact protocol, this could have ended horribly bad on that flight. But because the pilot knew what to do and how to do it, 
not only did he get the critical acclaim of saving lives, the company got credit for having someone that intelligent on their payroll. And if Vince does to Austin like he did to say, hmm, Matt Hardy, then maybe the story about him getting ready to close the doors during the Monday Night Wars would have happened. But it didn't. But we're playing what ifs, and you're giving him credit where credit may not be due. Only because he was the person in charge at the time. And I bet you if you go back and uh, same thing with The Rock, The Rock started the character evolution on his own because he wasn't getting the time of day as Rocky Maivia. He was almost um, cut. No, he right. actually he actually credits McMahon for that because of the fact that he says that Vince is the one that gave him the idea. And then, of course, the one that I will go home on, Undertaker. Sure. And just like Hogan, he, he, he hit home run. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, let's see. Mantar? Is that one? I don't think. Uh, well, that might be a Vince idea. It depends on which. Oh, no, that's on. a Vince idea. You're not going <laughs> to pull that on TV without Vince signing off on it. Oh, whoa, 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 Wait whoa, a whoa. You can't do that. You can't say that in Vantar and then not give him proper credit in the other situation. That's not right. But he did. Austin said it out his own mouth and the fans run with it. And he was smart enough to say, hmm, let's see where this goes. He did not create Austin. Austin created Austin. So did the that's owner- the that's- difference. Vince created Mantar. Did the chief executive officer of Baskin Robbins ice cream create chocolate chip cookie dough? But Baskin Robbins ice cream is just like any other ice cream shop. I can get chocolate chip cookie dough anywhere. But did he create Baskin Robbins he- cookie dough ice cream is not better than the hmm, old country store. If the first place that had chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream was Baskin Robbins. Why why is it so hard for y'all to, to, to take Vince McMahon and put him take him off that pedestal? It's You're all putting him on a pedestal. He didn't create Austin. He I'm just ran saying, with Austin. Somebody else created Austin. He, he may have created Austin Hulk Hogan, and The Undertaker had a hand in the rock. He had nothing to do with Austin. He ran with Austin. There's a difference, gentlemen, between him creating something. He made John Cena, didn't he? We need to be doing video. If you can maybe. See. Maybe yeah, not. He, he but you know, the did. funny part about this whole thing is we're going to find out in a couple months that Triple H and Stephanie were behind the whole damn thing. And they signed right. Vince's name to it just to get the old man out the company. I've made a remark on Twitter, and I got a crap ton of responses about it, asking the simple question, is Vince going through Alzheimer's? Because <laughs> you've got to be a just certifiable bonehead, and to Brian's point, a dick, to go out there and flaunt 500 milli. Look what I got. But in COVID-19 in these trying times, I give you 100% down the middle credit on that, Brian, because you're absolutely right. 
You oh, yeah. You got to be a certifiable just dick and jerk to say, guess what money we got, but I'm letting all of y'all go. No, right. he's, no, he's having to appease the stockholders. He has to give them some kind of silver lining before they pull their money out and sell off stock. I don't think so. You came out and said, we have a stockpile of money. Enough money that you could have kept those people employed. I think I think it comes out to about $700,000 a month that he saves. Right? Yeah, the, the figure that was released, and, and it was just on... Now, granted, we don't have the specifics. You can't even pull specific salaries out of WWE corporate. But these were off of estimates off of last contracts that were released for it was on-air talent and production staff. So we don't even know. I can't imagine they were making you know horrible amounts of money, but the office staff and what they were making. But I would say this, just based off the numbers for talent and backstage production, and these, again, these are estimates based off what's been released to the public. Yeah, it's nowhere near the shortfall that he stated they were going to take. And again, like they, he said they were going to lose. No, they stand to gain $120 million, which is a record for them. Based off of all these contracts with TVs, Over. Saudi Arabia, and all oh. the rest of them. Okay, all the contracts based on what timeline? Because it's not going to be in for one this year. year. For yes, one, they still stand to make over $100 million. Now, I will say that was that was reported by Fightful.com and reported by uh, Sean Ross Sapp as well. So the person who I've put a lot of stock in as far as uh, being credible on the reporting on this, I would say that the most of these numbers have come from him. Also, for the record, he who shall not be named hasn't done diddly squat except just bash every single move that was announced on Wednesday. He didn't report a single piece of news. <clears throat> Big shot. You're... But oh, he was more than more than complimentary about AEW. Oh, uh, wait a second. Stan, you had to go and do it. Hold on. The 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 the, the blue line is ringing. Oh God, it's Dipstick Dave. You you had to go and drum him up. Uh, we know Dipstick Dave. I know you didn't do anything but bash, but but, but yeah, I know. You're gonna block us on Twitter again, aren't you? I heard a rumor. Oh. I heard a rumor oh. that his bank account is all elite. Uh. Okay, somebody please go and change Dipstick Dave. Okay, Dipstick Dave, we're gonna hang up now. Okay, thank you. Bye bye. He and that that Dipstick uh, Brian Alvarez, both of them are just as stupid. I get it, man. I mean, there's a lot of angry people. And look at this list. I mean, this list makes you angrier. I can't disagree with it any, any, any more than I already have. I mean, look at this. Rusev. Here's a guy that was just a freaking stud and a star. Ball way drop. Mike Kanellis. I'm not a huge fan of him, but he was a made star in Ring of Honor. Did all right. All right. An impact. Should have gotten a better shot in WWE. I would say that. EC3 goes without saying, in my opinion, huge ball drop there. And we haven't even touched the OC. Now, granted, there was there's two conflicting rumors. The OC, as far as Anderson and Gallows, 
have stated that they were happy and had recently re-signed. What was it, five years? I believe they said on AJ's podcast it was five years, which great for them, you know. But at the same time, there were tons of rumors coming out, especially right around all-in time, that the OC, the, the club, whatever you want to call them, Gallows and Anderson, were unhappy because of not being used. Mysteriously, when AEW shows up, all of a sudden they win the tag titles and get thrown with AJ, and there's rumors that they're going to get a big faction. Hmm, who knew? Drake Maverick? But the OC guy. got fat contracts, though. They did. They, they were paid money. more they paid. than what they... Um, they were paid more to keep them from AEW. Sure, sure. And that's where I say, you know, when the question of the WWE horde talent, I'm like, yeah, they definitely did. You can't sign an, a virtual unknown for, in 2016 and then just do squat with them and then let them go and not say that they're not hoarding talent. I don't care if he was the the, the guy that cleans the bathrooms. He's on your roster. You have him for that long. You do snuff, nothing with him. Now, granted, Eric Young, Heath Slater, Zack Ryder, Kurt Hawkins. That group of guys, Ryder and Hawkins, had a modest, I think that'd be a fair way of representing it, a modest run. They weren't awful. They could have been so much more. But they'll be okay, I think. They will land with their feet on the ground firmly. Hawkins has a school, has his own promotion, and frankly could write his own ticket anywhere he wants to go. Zack Ryder, I mean, I don't think any of us have a question as to whether or not he would be an asset to all of to impact Ring of Honor. Although I would be, I would question how well he would do in Ring of Honor. But then again, maybe we've just never seen him go at that level. So I gotta I, give I him. I think both of them should go together. Ryder and Hawkins. I said, I think they should go together. I think they're much better together than separate. What do you think, Rob? I agree. I mean, I think they, I think they need to go where they're going to be used. But I also love the fact that within hours of him being released, he had a new shirt on Pro Wrestling Tee saying, not there. What the hell? Does I don't that know if you've seen it. Well, was he at WrestleMania? Who? Zach? Uh, Ryder. Ryder, no. He wasn't used at WrestleMania. Then I guess he wasn't there. (laughs) But no, he's he's got a shirt because he always had that that phrase still there. And now his shirt says not there. Oh. I didn't. Well, I I mean, I took it as he wasn't because WWE, what, not WWE, but the WrestleMania shirts were changed, weren't they? Oh, yeah, the ones that said I wasn't there. Right. right. I didn't and now he, he's not there, so that's what right. I took it as. But Well, no, he had, because he'd had still there was his slogan, was their slogan. So, his, so within hours of him being released, he put not there. And then um, he Slater has a shirt in the same font of his I got kids. Yeah, his, I got fired. I got fired. <laughs> well, Ryder's shirt was like the number one yeah. when it came yeah. out for a few days. He topped uh, Matt Hardy's, mm-hmm. which is amazing because Matt Hardy's had been on there, what, two weeks? Mm-hmm. But it goes to show you how popular he is. Oh, yeah, yeah. And somebody really needs to pick him up. 
because it's a shame. I, I think he was misused, especially after winning that, uh, what was it, the Intercontinental U.S. title? Well, the ladder match at Mania? That was yeah, the, the ladder match. match. Yeah. He that was, was very misused, especially after that. Yeah. Heath uh, Slater, I feel like, and I don't want to put the guy down, but I feel like Heath Slater wasn't going to go any further in that company regardless. He, he Slater needs to do a gender and Drew did go get ripped and cut, go make a name, come back and win the world title. And he did. And then we month. have a, we <laughs> could have a three MB celebration, a Which true celebration. I'd be okay with, uh, did you guys see the video of Drake Maverick after finding out about his release? Yeah, I was sad. That hurt. Um, as a fan, I was like, damn, I feel for this guy. The Rockstar Spud, I mean, I, I was not really sold on him in Impact. I think I made fun of him more than anything else. But seeing him come to WWE as Drake Maverick and mature and grow was is a pretty impressive thing. And he hadn't really even hit his stride, in my opinion. But I think, I think he put out one with EC3, though, after that first one. Yeah, yeah. He and EC3, of course, are best friends. Um, and EC3, I think EC3 probably heads back to impact. Ooh, I don't know. I don't think so. I think he'll be a hot commodity. Because he looks like he is like, uh, been hitting the weights. Yeah. And he looks more defined to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong, he had a, I mean, he was built, but he looks more ripped now. And he's a good wrestler. He's good on the mic. So I think, I think he will probably have the bid more above anybody else. I feel like with, with the list that we have, the shocking release, the one that kind of shocked me, wasn't necessarily because she was under or overutilized just because she had star potential and that was Sarah Logan. I mean she was in the middle of a quasi feud with Ruby Riot and she was starting to blossom as her own character. And to my knowledge, she had never rubbed anybody the wrong way. As a matter of fact, she's still married to one of the uh, members of the uh, Viking Raiders. Ray Rowe. Thank you very much. Yeah. Now, Especially since she was just on TV, you know, just being used, and they just brought her back. I mean, that, so know. for no way, Jose, say what you want about him. I mean, he probably, under that current, under that guise, wasn't going to go much further, but no way, Jose had just worked Monday night. Well, think how many salaries they saved by firing him. <laughs> I mean, they, now they don't have to pay all them people to come running out there running with him. Mm, I think it's 250 a night or something. So 200 a night. The going word right now for talent as far as non-compete. NXT has 30 days. 30 days and then you can go wherever you want. Now, WWE. Well, by the time booking talent? started. You know, by the time most booking start. Go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, main roster talent right now is looking at July 1. Do 
just enough July time for you 1? to lay in a yeah. lay out a lay out a deal, and then when this stuff's lifted and you can wrestle again, bam, you show up. Outside of the no names, that it, I hate to say it like that because I'm not trying to put these people down. People I just don't know. Outside the less of that, thank, thank you. The lesser known folks, I would say, ninety percent of these people get picked up somewhere, and the rest of them either hit the indies or, or retire. I said it in our corner to corner chat. Actually, I probably gave a lesser percentage. Brian, did I say like fifty percent? Mm, I don't remember. Right I off know hand. it was a lower percentage, but. And it's only because I feel like some of these guys that could have but didn't, some of that comes from them. Not all of them, but like Epico and Primo. I feel like they were phoning it in after a while. Now, granted, they got kind of yeah, but, bullied around. Yeah, they're, they're, they've been wrestling. Puerto Rico. Yeah, already. So they've been there for several months, and they're, I think they're tag champs, if I remember right. So they, they're, they're, they're secure. They they probably won't leave the Fed they're in now. So we go from the main roster active talent. These were people outside of a few that were injured. Um, to backstage producers, referees, announcers. So Kurt Angle, released. Pretty sure he's going to stay retired. I can't see him going anywhere except maybe guest spots. Now we get into production staff. Billy Kidman, Mike Rotunda, Pat Buck, Fit Finley. Your women's division just took a major kick in the balls. I couldn't hear those last few you broke up. Sorry about that. After so, Finley. Well, I, I just said that the women's division just took a major kick in the balls after I said Fit Finley. He was the guy responsible for your women changing how they worked instead of divas to just tremendous wrestlers in WWE. Granted, the people that came in were ridiculously talented as it was. But if you're looking to somebody that was a figurehead of making sure that women's revolution happens, that's Fit Finley. You want to know who could be, be really benefited by a guy like Fit Finley? And I'll take the fanboy hat and put it on AEW. Because, damn, you put Finn Finley in there with Britt Baker, I guarantee you she improves exponentially. So I, w- I would imagine the producers are probably already been taken care of. Uh, Sean Devari, I, 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 go ahead. Go would ahead, they go. have non-compete? Yes. They're furloughed, quote-unquote. These people could still be brought back. Fit Finley in Twitter was very, very grateful, said, I thank WWE for and their family for you know everything. In, in my opinion, if this furlough, quote-unquote, doesn't transition to a full-on release, he, he would get brought back. Because this isn't the first time he, that he's been released. Shane Helms, same thing for him. Lance Storm, same thing for him. But Storm could go back and reopen his school and be just fine. Shane Helms, I mean, come on. Shane Helms would go anywhere he wants. Literally. He could go to Impact, he can go to Ring of Honor, go to AEW, he can go wherever he wants. Cassius Ono, by the way, is rumored to be added to the list of NXT superstars to be to be released. Um, the going word on uh, Cassius Ono was that it hasn't been 
verified as WWE has released a list of names to certain media parties. And those media parties are under agreement to not release those names until they're confirmed by both talent and the company. Uh, NXT coaches, Kendo Kashin, the gentleman responsible for much of the performance we see from the Chinese and Japanese performers, the one that was help, helping transition them to a more American style. Chris Guy, also known as Ace Steel, independent guru out of Chicago. Serena Deeb, you already know who she is. Aiden English, released as an announcer. Um, Aiden English was a full-on release. So he was a non-compete through July. Did you say that you didn't know who Serena D was? No, no he I said you should know. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm sorry. Uh, Jerry Soto was a uh, Spanish announcer, was furloughed. That's interesting, by the way. Aiden English released. So let me ask, and, and granted, I'm not trying to... They only need the Spanish announcer for the... Like, they only need the, the announcer you're talking about during the pay-per-view. So he's furloughed to the next pay-per-view when they do that pan down the line. Right. <laughs> so is that – is Aiden English, his release, and Jerry Soto's furlough, is that like a show of – I hate to word it like this, but I don't know of any other way to say it. Is that like a show of mercy to actually give Aiden an opportunity to find work elsewhere? No. Yes. No. Some say yes, some say no, right? I think it was a mistake. I think it was one of those um, things that WWF does from time to time. Uh-huh. You know, like letting somebody work the day after their contract runs out while they're holding the title type thing. Right. Um, I think somebody probably just wasn't paying attention. Or maybe right. thought that yeah. we don't we don't need him as much as we need the other guy. Eddie, I think it was you that said yes to it being a possible sign of show of mercy. What do you think? Um, yeah, Aiden Eng- at, on the main roster, I'm sorry, Aiden English was not used properly, especially not after Simon Gotch was given his release. So in this particular circumstance, knowing the fact that somebody like Aiden English has got a ton left in the tank, excuse me, a ton in the tank, I'm not going to say left, um, this will give him a chance possibly. He can reform with Simon's um, in another organization as well as do other organizations like uh, MLW, PWX, MCW, um, some of the high, some of the mid-majors, so to speak, national um, televised or non-televised. Um, this would give him also a good chance to reestablish himself through another identity, which, of course, is the same thing that Drew Galloway did, um, Drew McIntyre. You leave the company under questionable circumstances or less than favorable circumstances through no fault of your own, and you get a chance to go out there and it's like, okay, this is what I have to offer. Because remember, when um, Aiden English and Simon Gotch were down on NXT, that team was gold. But once, once again, because of the fact that once you get to the main roster, doesn't matter if the critics love you, doesn't matter if the fans really love you, you're still performing for an audience of one. Oh, gee, what a surprise. Vince McMahon made another mistake by not seeing the potential in this. Vince would furlough his mother. <laughs> I, don't I don't think, think that, that was mercy. I think that, I think that was a mistake. I, 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 mercy is held for select few people, and Aiden's not on that level. <laughs> I think uh, the problem with the Vaude villains was that Gotch was a dick. They picked a fight with Sin Cara and got his ass whipped. Sorry, not sorry. That's what he did. And but 
could Aiden English benefit from re-signing somewhere or signing somewhere else with another person? Absolutely. If you don't Rusev. think, I was gonna say, if you don't think freaking <laughs> Rusev in in Aiden English, and I'll, again, fanboy hat firmly on the head. If you don't think AEW or Impact would benefit, what about the NWA? Nope. NWA really? Just wouldn't. They would get a they would get a reaction, but they won't see the long term benefit. I'm not confident the NWA has a lifespan much longer than another year. Damn. And I Ooh. love what they're doing. But I don't think they'll last. I love Dang, Jimmy Corgan. I like what he's doing, but I don't think they've got another year. Because they can't seem to find a way to get past just the basics. The basics are good. You've got that. You have to build. They're not building. Or maybe for me, maybe because I'm a impatient person and I'm waiting for something else to happen, they're just not building fast enough. Maybe that's what it is. Are you a closet and, millennial, Stan? Brian would say so. Okay. No, 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 no. Because I don't think you're. Well, no, act no. I think I'm also millennials a are nineteen eighty. I think millennials are like nineteen eighty, eighty one. No, millennials, millennials are in the nineties, brother. <laughs> oh God! Wrong but definition. I, the old. <laughs> no, he's. Though. I mean, the NWA Gen X doesn't run that late, does it? Uh, Gen X is from seventy eight all the way through ninety nine. Actually, through 90, because the millennials start in 1990, because by the time you get past the turn of the millennium, uh, they're actually able to screw up a lawnmower on their own if they even really ought to put a lawnmower <laughs> in. I broke lots of lawnmowers. That's not fair. <laughs> Closet millennial. I think when it comes down to it, I think the NWA has a ton of potential, just not enough vision to get it done. Right now. After everything we've seen, they released... All of this old footage for the build of Marty Skrull. And, is it Skrull? Is that the way it's pronounced? S- sounds Skrull. wrong. Skrull. Skrull and Aldis, right? For the NWA title. I think Nick Aldis is like watching paint dry. I will take Mama Storm all day long. Nick Aldis is for me to die. I think y'all are wrong, by the way, on millennials. What I'm seeing is 1980. I think y'all are off. I'm willing to give you 1980. I mean, you know, it's whatever, but okay. I'm willing yeah. to give up 85. You'll be 15 at the turn of the millennium. You've already yeah, passed. This, it says 80s to late 90s. I, I don't I'm, think, I, I still don't think he's millennial. I'm still willing to give up Stan's 85. just a wiener. <laughs> <laughs> Let's round out the list here. A couple people that stand out. On-air talent, Josiah Williams, responsible for rapping with uh, Adam Cole during one of his entrances and a lot of uh, theme music backstage. John Quasto, I apologize, I don't know what he's done. However, this one stands out simply because of the backstory behind her. Andrea Lissenberger had started with the company only eight months ago. Now, her name wouldn't jump out at you, wouldn't jump off a page, but you know who is responsible for the writing of the love story of Mandy and Otis? That's Andrea Lissenberger. Well, she deserves to be fired. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Rob is rude. I don't know. I thought that was, I thought that was I like one of the better team. ones they've had this year. It is one of the better ones they've had this year. It was a great was moment for WrestleMania this year. It was a lot better than Lana and freaking Lashley. Yeah, yeah. 
But you know she had a hand in that one too. I'm just kidding. I don't know. Look, Damn. at least Otis, at least Otis and Mandy had a shot at penthouse letters. Lana and Bobby wouldn't have a shot at field and stream. Wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then Lana and Lana and lastly, we're going to do an expose for UFO Monthly. They're both alien freaky looking people. I thought it would be UFU Monthly. You effed up. <laughs> so we round out this list with somebody that I'm confident. <laughs> will retire after this grateful and happy, but I hate to see it happen under this under this situation. Mike Chioda, notable referee for WWE from the 80s all the way through 2020. Whoever started clapping was damn right. Me? You talk about, yeah, Mike Chioda, tremendous WWE personnel referee, responsible for refing some of the best matches we saw. Think about it. There's not a lot this guy didn't ref. I think he'll be back. I think he's one of the ones that's furloughed, and he'll be back. Yeah, I mean, if he's still able to ref, I think he'll be back, too. Somewhere. I think he'll be somewhere. Because, I mean, if he's not in WWE, he'll follow old Dave Earl will give him a call, and he'll go to AEW or somewhere like that. Yeah. Uh, again, I think, I think he'll get a call somewhere. Because WWE put too much responsibility and trust in him. You know, for him to be the only ref. You know what I mean? Right. Like, out of all the refs, you kept, you got rid of him. Like, so, could get rid of the one that looks weird when he's in the ring. But uh, You know, I mean, it, it. these releases stung. And we've seen a lot of releases here in WWE. I mean, WWE has, we talked about it at the open of the show, Post-WrestleMania releases generally just happen. Never at the magnitude that we witnessed, as far as I can recall. Um, Mm. Well, well, they've always gotten rid of a list of people. It's never, like, I don't think anybody's ever paid attention to the front office people that have been released, you know? Like, but again, it's just the climate they're releasing them in is what's garnering attention. Like, if the COVID wasn't going on, we wouldn't have batted two eyes. We'd have been like, oh, well, they're lost. Somebody else's game. Right. Page six. Yeah, Rob's right. Once you make it past the on-air talent, with the exception of Kyoto, uh, I think that's where this starts to take a terrible turn. And then, um, you know, the unfortunate part of this week is we weren't done getting just awful news. <laughs> Uh, the day after these releases take place, that Thursday, we find out that the great Howard Finkel uh, passed away. I mean, there's so many awesome moments that if you don't have Howard Finkel saying, oh, no, see, I'm even trying to do a horrible impression of him. It doesn't have as much power. I mean, what huge loss. Right. That's how long, ring how long grow was up he here? With. How long was he there? When, uh, when was his like main? 75, uh, 75 yeah. or 7. 75 to win? WWE employee. Official WWE employee. 75 to win? What was it, six years ago officially, but then he stepped away? 
Yeah. Damn. So, yeah, just look at. I mean, he's seen almost the entire, or the entire been run. part of almost the entire WWE slash WW Entertainment run. Mm-hmm. Well, and also when he was done being a ring announcer, he still was backstage doing stuff. Well, as long as he was yeah. able. And yeah. I mean, if you haven't watched Legends House, yeah, I mean him on Legends House, he's hilarious. Okay, and there's one other little thing that was made clear um, by a couple of different people, including Mark Henry on Busted Open um, Friday, I believe it was. And that is the fact that, like him, love him, hate him, Vince McMahon made sure that Howard Finkel was taken care of all the way till the end. When his health went into a serious spiral and started heavily declining, um, Vince made sure that Howard had whatever he needed. And... I get, I've really been reserved in a lot of my commentary with Finkel. That's a voice from a lot of our childhoods, if not teen years. You know, we hear and use the term generational talent sometimes, but this is a talent that is multi generational. You can't. I dare you. I double dog dare you. I'll buy you a cookie if you can successfully argue this. In the world of athletics and entertainment, there was no one greater in, than Howard Finkel. In the world of Athletics in the world of sports, all the way across the board, sports and entertainment, sports an and entertainment. As an announcer, as, as a ring as a, announcer, as a ring announcer, maybe Michael Buffer. Not even close. Michael Buffer was showy. Michael Buffer. Well, had, I mean, they're all showy. That's that's, what, that's the point. They're really? all showmen. Yeah, Mike, I mean, they, you have to be a showman. Michael Buffer made more screw-ups in one show than Finkel did in a decade. The Torture Rack of Doom. Really? I mean... He had, he had a cute catchphrase that he trademarked and got five grand a night for as long as he was able to. Howard Finkel made a career out of making fewer mistakes than most of us could ever dream of. The man was a workhorse behind the scenes more so than in front of the camera. Oh, no question. I mean, I mean my childhood was my childhood was watching him at Madison Square Garden waiting for the waiting for the you know, waiting for the microphone to come from the rafters. You know? I mean But um I made a point earlier this week, um actually Thursday on Shooters Gallery. If you watched the late 70s and very early 80s material from Finkel, he was very stayed stoic in a lot of the, his mannerisms. And we all know that Vince McMahon, this Vince McMahon, is very well known for telling people to go over the top. And that's where even Finkel, 
managed to do that to his advantage. Whereas the majority of the announcers are going to try to be hype. You either got it or you don't got it. By the grace of God in heaven above to who all things are possible, I have a certain amount of it. But even in my wildest dreams, I paled in comparison to Finkel. And if you can tell me somebody who can genuinely hit the and new as good as him, I'll buy you a cookie. Even if it's gluten-free. Yeah, but I mean, there could be somebody out there we just don't know about. I mean, you know, you factor in about 100 some odd little mini small regional promotions, indie promotions. We got one that we love in our hearts, you know, for UCW, Virginia, UCW, Virginia, since there are others. We got a Golden Pikes ourselves. He's pretty good. He's not bad. He's pretty good. He's not bad. He just needs time. You know, he, needs time. he doesn't have 40 years of the WWE behind him. I didn't have day one WWE behind me, and I have been compared to him on more than one occasion, and I'm flattered by those comparisons. I'm actually humbled by those comparisons. But You know, I mean, this week has been just overrun with – Crappy news, put it that way. But there have been some spotlights, some highlights, some moments that stood out, and it would be stupid of me and ignorant to not acknowledge some of the things that happened that actually were kind of cool. How you got about, laid? What's that? You got laid? Well, I mean, that's always a pause. Though, so <laughs> we got to talk about that. I'm like, right, Was so somebody else about- involved this time? Ow! Oh. Bastard. Ah! Evil, evil whore. That's what you are. <laughs> uh, let's talk about... Uh, Is that what you call your left or your right? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Let the boy breathe. Damn. Yeah, am I allowed to go? Oh, okay, good. <laughs> What a dick. <laughs> right there. Just waiting. Press the button. Now, nope, wait. Press the button. Now, nope, wait. Okay, so talk about some high- highlights to, from this week in wrestling. Um, I'm going to say AEW, but it's not where you think. Not Dynamite. No. Some of the best wrestling that I've seen this week actually came from the BTE compound matches. Uh, Brandon Cutler and Peter Avalon, if you're not following this storyline, huge mistake. Huge. It's comedy. It's athletic. It's working really well for me. Um, Even though the Bucks versus each other main event for BTE 200 is firmly tongue-in-cheek, I have a feeling it's going to be actually pretty damn good. Supposedly, it's a ladder match. I don't know what the ladder match is for, per se. But I guess it's for him getting cleared to come back to AEW. I'm setting the over-under at 17 super kicks. Brian? Uh, yeah, I'm sure there's going to be a boatload of them. Over-under 17. 
I say under. Rob. Over. Stan. Definitely over. We're talking taking, twenty to thirty somewhere in there. I'm half. taking seven. My number is seventeen. I'm sticking with it. Seventeen. Wow. Twenty-two. Oh wow, we got to predict the number. All right, I'll go twenty-five. Uh, you didn't have to predict a number. I just said it at seventeen because that's how many I thought it was going to be. Oh, Rob said twenty-two. I was like, all right, well, I guess I got to pick a number since I said twenty to thirty. I'll take twenty-five. Brian, you want to put a number to it? Mm, I'll just go with under. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. The SCU squash match was good, but by the way, Matt Hardy, broken Matt Hardy, describing the rules for a squash match, freaking brilliant. <laughs> I mean, just it's awesome. Like I'm, I'm, I'm watching this and I'm like, oh, this is. Just put this on dynamite. Just air it on dynamite because this is perfect. Dynamite, live from the BTE compound. I'm in. And apparently this is taking place from, they rented the PWG ring and put it at their at their compound. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, the TNT tournament matches so far have been very good. Um, looks like they are building for the finals to be Cody and Lance Archer. Uh... I'm going to say I still think Cody wins it, which would really kind of suck because Archer is getting built up like a monster right now. Uh, Brian, what do you think? Archer or Cody? I mean, we haven't gotten there yet, have we? Because the big story is Dustin's put his career on the line. That was my next step, but okay. So you're saying it's too, too, too soon to call. Yeah, I mean, we okay. still have uh, four matches before we even get there, I think. Four or five. Okay. Rob, what do you think? No Rob Stradamus for you. You don't Rob get to predict like that. That's, That's Rob Stradamus. Well, I mean. Only Rob. Just... Okay. Rob, what do you think? Hmm. What? Well, okay. <laughs> if the finals are going to be Cody and Archer. I think it's. I think Cody's going to be in the final. Yes, I don't think it's going to be Archer. Ooh. Okay. Interesting. So I saw well, Archer, and then I well, thought, you know what? Especially with the, in light of the recent releases of WWE talent, I looked at Archer as, you know what? He's a space filler for someone like Rusev, you know, like or something like that. Like, but that's just me. I've been wrong before. Alrighty. Well, Brian Brian brought us uh, fast forward to it. Dustin Rhodes says if he can't beat Kip Sabian in the tournament this week, he's going to retire. That is a huge career and somebody that is the literal definition of Benjamin Button in professional wrestling. I mean, the guy has just gotten better every single year. And he's had some tremendous outings in, in AEW. Him and Christopher Daniels. Definitely Christopher Daniels. You have to put him in that mix. Yep. So, all right. Dustin, does he retire this week? What do you think? No.
Rob just flatly said no. I mean, I'm I'm pulling for the man with his with the run he's having, with the matches he's having in AEW. I'm just liking what I'm seeing, and I think he's got a little bit more left in the tank. And Dustin's wrestling style would be made like he could prolong his career a couple more years by being the AEW, the TNT champion. Because think about it, he was around during that time of the TV champ title for so. I mean, yeah, you got these these guys, but just think of the matches he could have for a couple of years or, or months or whatever in that TV time limit, you know, kind of thing. Are they putting a time limit on it? Um, I don't have the press release here, but I'm going to look that up. While I'm doing so, Brian, do you think Dustin retires this week? Gone. Really? Why not? I mean, it's, it'll prolong other storylines that um, will make the big payoff even better. So what better way when Cody finally steps in that War Games match than him to be even more pissed off at Jericho and the rest of them for costing his brother the, his career? Oof. So you're predicting that the buildup is to support Jericho and Cody? Uh, so, no, I'm, I'm telling you, what better way to, to keep this thing angle going, since it's oh, not going you. right now, is, okay. to, is to have Hager run down and cost dust in his career, which in turn brings Cody back into the whole... Um, Brady Bunch fold or whatever they're called this week. <laughs> the Nightmare Bunch. No, the, uh, the Bubbly Bunch. The yeah. Bubbly yeah. Bunch. That was actually pretty good. I like the Bubbly Bunch. Uh, so, I mean, see. you know, there's shenanigans that can come into play and help ultimately push the big storyline for me. Do me a favor. I've got to disappear in a couple minutes. But I, I've got four that I want to hit y'all rapid fire, smash or trash style. Smash being good, trash being blows. One, Braun Strowman, Bray Wyatt. The current build to this point, smash or trash. Brian. Mm, I don't care. Trash. Rob. Smash. Stan. Yeah, current build's been good. Smash. The current build with Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre, Smasher Trash, Stan. Trash. Let's see Andrade and McIntyre. Rob. Trash. Brian. I haven't seen it, Trash. <laughs> haven't seen it, but you try. Okay. <laughs> Anti-WWE guy. Well, no, I mean, it, it's... So again, you know Braun is a is a interim champion until the the true he should shall not be named on WWE TV comes back. The greatest of all time, Roman Reigns. Yeah. Uh, okay. Whatever you want to call him. <laughs> so <clears throat> I doubt if Bray gets the title back in that one. Oh, you mean the big log rolling? I mean, big dog rolling Roman Reigns. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Great I don't know why. Why can't they not talk about him with TV? That's that's kind of weird. And then I just I'm not a fan of Rollins right now. I think it was dumb to have turned him bad in the first place. Uh, I, that's been a big miss for me. 
I have to disagree. The way they the the suddenness of it wasn't a fan. The way that they did that meeting in the ring sucked. But as he's progressed, even though it's kind of like sacrilege in a lot of different ways, the Monday Night Messiah character I kind of dig. But I thought that the way they and the way that they just sprung him on McIntyre is like, there you go, he's back in the title hunt. Um, from so I'm I'm saying fifty fifty. I'm a, I'm a push on that one. Ronda Rousey doubling down on the comments that she has made over the last couple on um, the last week or so. Smash or trash, Rob. Trash. Brian. Uh, I actually like Ronda Rousey. However, somebody needs to be there to coach her through this. They shouldn't just <laughs> let her. Uh, here's Twitter. Go, go, go. Tweet something. Um, so I'm kind of torn. I'm 50-50 on this one. Dan? Uh, trash. I think it's just a, it's just a poor job done. I, I think, I, I think she's living in the fans' heads right now rent-free. Oh, God, yes. And I love every second of it, too. I don't, I think she could have said what she said in a better way, but I love the intent behind it because the yeah. heel, the heel smoke that was being fired up back toward the WrestleMania build, that fire can burn even brighter if she plays her cards right. Yeah, I, I'm kind of in the same boat. I, I like where it's going, but the execution, I think she needs help. I don't think she should just have car blanche to just be out there saying whatever. I like yeah. when she came back with the Obviously, fans don't know a work when they see a work or hear a work because a work is a work. You know what? I'm like, oh, shut up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, she should have to send her tweets to somebody else who then tweets from her official account. <laughs> I'm going to have to listen to Jim Cornette's podcast just to see if he mentions her. Oh, God. Because, <laughs> damn it, somebody's got to listen to it. Love you, Jim. <laughs> wow. And my fourth one, which Stan, I'll get, um, I'll go ahead. I'll assume you're getting ready for closing credits. I am. With the new day, having won the SmackDown tag team championships, they are now eight time tag champs inside the WWE. Now by WWE standards, the Dudleys are the standard bearer with nine recognized title runs do we start putting the new day in the same breath as the dudley boys okay let me rephrase please because <laughs> literally literally when you said same breath my eyes opened wide and i cannot get them to blink right now i'm staring at a blank tv okay. screen with so them. intently i can't shut my eyes with once again the Dudleys being recognized as nine time champs and the New Day picking up their eighth. The New Day is now mentioned in the same breath as the Dudley Smasher Trash Brian. Uh, I'd like to know who who's mentioning them in the same breath first. <laughs> I mean, uh, John Cena 115, he was mentioned in the same breath as Ric Flair. Yeah, but Cena is also different than the New Day. Right, uh, right. He, 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 <laughs> I, 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 Cena is a different animal, especially back in his heyday. 
I understand the, you know, I, I wouldn't even put the New Day and Cena in the same breath as far as what Cena's done for the business. Um, I, I don't want to say trash. I don't want to take no, nothing away. I'm going 50-50. Rob? <laughs> I'm saying it's trash because with the current client, one of the problems this has has had is they shouldn't have had eight runs because they've had so many quality tag teams to come in the door. There's no reason that the New Day have been in the title picture this whole time. They could have been a comedy bit doing their thing on the side, but no. Dudley's different time. It's like comparing apples to oranges and no. Trash. Stan. Yeah, you can't Really, you can't smash this one. Here's the deal. Kofi Kingston has been screwed for years by this company because of the fact that they've already teased us. They've already put the belt on them. And then what they do, they snatched it in five seconds. I mean, dude, there's just no way. Yeah, but but we're not talking Kofi's singles run. We're talking right. New Day as a tag team. Correct. And to put them in the same breath as a tag team like the Dudleys, who have literally gone all over the world in multiple promotions. And but we're not talking about multiple titles. promotions. We're just talking WWE. Correct. And I'm telling you that I don't see the, the New Day in that same breath. Not even close. I, I feel like Rod's got a great point. They're champions by default. Because for whatever reason, they won't put the titles and give an opportunity to anybody else. And it's already been proven that Vince just hates tag team wrestling. To me, it's trash. Uh, To me, it's trash also. And I'm the one who asked the question basically due to the fact that it seems like every... It reminds me of Jeff Jarrett's run at Impact. Every time something flipped, every time something screwed up, the TNA championship went back around the waist to Jeff Jarrett. Right now... The Usos, I love them to death. I've known them for years. Great guys. Um, I just, they still need a little bit more time to show that they are going to be uber reliable. From there, we don't know the full status of The Miz. We don't know exactly what's going on with Morrison. So, to the degree, I think Morrison's going to be more stable than The Miz right now until he gets back 100%, which he was close. However, once again, if in doubt, put him on the new day. When in doubt, Throw the belt on Cena. When in doubt, throw the belt back on Jarrett. We can relaunch and reset a storyline. So, no. But isn't that what they kind of do with all the great champs? When in doubt, put it on them? No. It's not when in doubt, put it on them. When you want the belt. Okay. I live by a rule. It's not the champion that makes, excuse me. It's not the championship that makes the champion. It's the champion that makes the championship. There is a metric fecal ton of talent that has held titles that is that have. So you're saying they, they shouldn't be champions? Not eight times. Why not? Maybe the other tag teams just weren't good enough to hold the titles. They were. I'm not Vince McMahon. I can't make the decision. See, I mean, I don't, I, we shouldn't necessarily just trash on them. Well, it's no, not like they were the uh, Quebecers or something. Not okay. the Quebecers. That's dirty. <laughs> that was the only one I could think of real quick. Or the Can-Am <laughs> connection. Yeah. Yeah. Strike Force. You know. The U.S. Express. The U.S. Kill- Express. The Killer Bees. Hey. 
you leave them out of this. Yeah, I know. I like Brian <laughs> and Jim Brunson. The third member of Demolition. Who's that? Truss? Axe, Smash, and Crush. Wasn't there another one that like debuted one time and then it was gone? Yeah, yes. Hide and Run. Of Demolition? <laughs> yeah, it, but isn't there like a fourth that was there for like one match and then they got rid of them? No, so there was a moon dog that took on the role of Smash. And he uh, got in that, trouble well, I, I mean, I guess he counts then, though. I mean, he was, you know, if he put on face paint, he was demolition. Well, by, so, <laughs> and Brian Lee was Undertaker. That's right. Huh? I when, mean, we've had two Warriors. Two Diesels. Uh, not this again. Two Razors. Two Canes. Oh, he had multiple Canes, probably. God knows how many doinks. Not to mention a Goldberg and a Gilberg. Damn doinks. Couple Patriots. Uh, couple Stings. The st- the saving grace is there's only been one Red Rooster. Well, that is true. That is true. <laughs> only one rooster. So, Stan, before I give it to you for closing credits, let me throw this out there. At Beyond Ringside on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Beyond Ringside Live. BeyondRingside.com is home, as well as ProWrestlingRadio.net. And to everybody who's tuned in this evening and hung with us through the Beyond Ringside Radio channel on the TuneIn mobile app, thank you very much. We'll have the uh, the replay of tonight's Corner to Corner and uh, Beyond Ringside Live up on the station approximately 1 a.m. Central Time. And you only have to start it about an hour in. That's when I show up, and that's when the good stuff happens. So the glory, just throw it out the there. glory begins. And by the same token, uh, really, y'all, really though, y'all are trash. That I can't believe this. There's no <laughs> way the new days compared to the Dudleys. I don't care. I love the new day. Uh, what if one, what if they make uh, ten time champions, and then they win more than? They keep you know, doing it in ladder matches. I mean, what the hell? What What if Bubba Ray and Devon both come out and say, well, I guess they're better than us? Nice. They won't because the Dudley boys are 23-time champions. Well, yeah, but we're only talking the WWE stuff. In that case, John Cena is the greatest of all time because they were even counting Ric Flair's NWA title reigns. Well, I'm, I'm sure if you – I mean, Lord have mercy, Bailey was the first uh, female to win all the female titles. Greatest woman to wrestle ever. Yeah. Well, we know it was Charlotte. I mean, you know, the WWE is going to paint that picture however they want. They already took away, what, five? Wait a minute. Wasn't it like five title reigns of Ric Flair they've erased from memory? Oh, God, yes. I know. Flair's actually like a 19-time champion. Uh, I thought it was like 21 or something. I thought it was a little bit higher. but surprised me. But I'm still the which you speak of. The only person I know on SmackDown that has the belt is Pam. Pam. <laughs> Pam. Who's Pam? Pam. Oh. Well, like in, in Ric Flair's book, if you read his first book, it he talks about how in some towns he would lose mm-hmm. the title just because of the heat he was getting in, in order to get out of the, the, the city. He would lose, and then in the back, they'd give the belt back to him, and he'd head out of town. Mm-hmm. Yep. They well, have- I, I think originally, though, some of those actually counted and then he would get it back like the next night. I want to see the actual count. I'm going to look that up because I'm sure it's got to be some crazy number. Almost not Jerry Lawler number, but got to be a crazy number. No, 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 no. Well, and, uh, see, well no, I don't think it goes past the 20s. 
Well, see, originally what happened, hold on, let me, I've got to get this one in real quick because the, the truth be told in those circumstances, in the, and I believe it was six circumstances that occurred like that. The person that beat flair for the championship actually surrendered the belt at the end of the show. They flew the belt down along with Ric Flair to Rio de Janeiro to have a one night tournament. Oh shit. <laughs> Did he lose to Pat Patterson? Yep. Damn it. Because there were there were a few people I know I've seen on list before for him losing that title to that I have no earthly clue who these people even are. <laughs> and and I mean I'm talking like I think it even says like uh, you know National Guard Armory you know type like real small arenas you know that aren't really arenas. So. Oh shoot. I just remembered one. Here's your trivia point. This past Tuesday night on Impact officially aired a match between Johnny Swinger and Action Mike Jackson. Number one, chronological age aside, Shane Knowles um, on Shooter's Gallery brought out the data that it had been 29 years since Mike Jackson, the same Mike Jackson, who was on Impact Tuesday night, had been on national television with WCW World Championship Wrestling. 29 years between nationally televised appearances. If there's anybody who can set that kind of record, it's 246-time Alabama State Junior Heavyweight Champion. My long time. And I can say this honestly, no relation to somebody that Stan and I both know. My longtime close personal friend. (laughs) Actually, tremendous guy. Actually, Dave Meltzer? Oh, I oh. hate you, Brian. Damn it, he almost went two hours. Take us out, Stan. We did go two <laughs> hours. He didn't, but we did. <laughs> Brian's like, all right, I'm good. Take us out. <laughs> all right, folks. Well, hey, this has been, like I said, action-packed. A lot of things to talk about this week. We know, so far, there's rumored to be more cuts coming this week, so we'll have all of that, the complete list will be posted on the website. I'll probably make a separate page because it's so big. I want to thank the 434 for allowing me to use the Black Wednesday logo um, and image that they've got on the website right now. And, uh, hey, next week we're going to talk about the TNT tournament. We're going to talk about uh, the Money in the Bank corporate brawl. battling <laughs> from the, the basement to the roof. Is that next Sunday? Uh, no. When is that? Is oh. I'm going to look climb, that up and we will have that up there. Climb the um, match. You're right, we should talk some uh, Dark Side of the Ring, too, man. They've had a really good season so far. And we really need to talk about the uh, the most recent episode, the Jimmy Snook episode, because that one was... Well, yeah, but D- I think what in Dino Bravo next? Yes, yeah. So we're definitely going to have yes. a lot to talk about. So this coming week, unless uh, unless I'm mistaken, the Money in the Bank for whatever reason is Sunday, um, and even if it is, quite frankly, we're going to be spending a lot of time talking about Dark Side of the Ring and pretty much anything that's outside of the WWE bubble uh, because we spent so much time talking about them this week. So stick with us. Thank you very much for listening. You can catch up with Brian on social media at strcp21 on the Twitter box. And Brian Taylor on Facebook. Rob, are we on Instagram only? Are we on Facebook and Instagram? Yes. Yes to both? Yes. So RDHUWP on the Instagram. And Rob Hefner. 
on Facebook. And, of course, you can catch up with myself at Stan Grubb on all of those social media platforms. And the show, of course, is at C2C Radio Show. C2C Radio Show.com for the website. Thanks again for listening, everybody. And, uh, hey, stay home, stay safe, stay clean. We'll see you next time right here on Corner to Corner Wrestling Radio. And go buy some tees from Pro Wrestling Tees. Support your locals. Support them. Dolph Ziggler, dude. Bam. How do you like that? I like how Ziggler wore that shirt on on SmackDown. People are a bunch of different shirts. People are, um... I think he even bought one of Ziggler's. Well, he wore Zack Ryder's. Not Pineapple Peas. Pineapple Peas. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.